it's amazing how long it took me to get to this point, Kitty. But when you understand human physiology, when you understand the nutrients required for a human to thrive, the answer is obvious. Humans are omnivores, right? So certain vitamins and minerals you can only get from animal products. These include vitamin K2, creatine, taurine, vitamin A. bioavailable protein, yeah. things like that. Mm. And then you can only get certain vitamins and minerals from plants. So like fruits are going to be a really good source of minerals, for example. Mm. Um, and so energy like, carbs. Yeah. Mm. And then, yeah. So the vitamins and mineral needs, like it's very obvious that we need, that we require both in order to live optimally. I think what you talked about with Kate too, and the similar topic is like, you can be carnivore and you can be vegan, but you're just making it so difficult. You're making your life <laughs> you're hard. It's so much more hard than it needs to be to just like hit all your nutrients and live an awesome life. Yeah. And what you, what's important for people to, to realize is like, it doesn't have to be at the cost of the environment or the animal mm. welfare. Yeah. And so once you kind of can have this more like well-rounded viewpoint on that, life seems really great. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. So I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. And I just wanted to quickly jump in and talk a little bit more about liver. Now, I know Sarah and Ash and I talk about liver and how amazing it is. And it is just one of those foods that contains such an abundance of essential nutrients in a bioavailable form. So even in just, uh, you know, a very small amount per week um, is going to, you know, make, I believe, a noticeable difference to so many women's health. And, you know, I see it all the time with women taking our um, saturate A plus liver capsules, just increases in energy, you know, better sleep, better skin quality, um, you know, more balanced hormones. Um, and, you know, I think historically uh, often meat, often, sorry, offal meats were just an important part of, you know, food cultures. But, you know, I mean, how often do you eat liver? Like I know when I met Emma, I was like, oh, gross, what, you want me to eat liver? <laughs> I never ate liver. And, you know, but I was smashing the bloody shitty multivitamins. Um, and, you know, just a few of the nutrients that are in um, liver in you know, really in high amounts, so, so vitamin A, B12, copper, B2, vitamin B9, choline, iron, CoQ10, and CoQ10. So it really, really is jam-packed. And I think, you know, if you're eating liver once a week, along with some oysters, you're getting a lot of the nutrients uh, that you need. And I really think of them like nature's multivitamins. So, you know, you can, I think 100 to 150 grams per week is good for most people. You can cook it. Uh, if you go to the Saturay Instagram page, just Saturay underscore official We've posted some nice, I say nice recipes. I guess it's how much do you like liver? Um, I used to make it into pate. I love, love pate, but beef liver still, I think it's it's a bit of an acquired taste. It's quite a strong flavor, the pate. Uh, and then we just ended up making the saturated liver capsules because so many of our clients, Emma and my clients, like, oh, kitty, you know, we just we just can't get the liver down or we can't source good fresh liver. So our beef liver is Australian grass-fed organic uh, and it's freeze-dried for maximum, maximum, I should say, nutrient retention. So if you're someone who just wants it to be, you know, 
you want to take the capsules because it's easier and more convenient. It's what I do. I also take our um, oyster capsules as well. Uh, and I think, you know, it's just an easy way to get it in. So I'm going to pop a link in the show notes for the liver capsules and also a discount code kitty05, which will get you 10% off those and everything else on the Saturay website. And let's get back to the podcast. Hi, Ash and Sarah. Welcome back to the podcast. It's so, I mean, I was looking at when you were last on the podcast. It was a while ago. Yeah, it has been too long. It's been too too long. long. And so much has been happening. We've just been having a good old yarn as I do with all the podcast guests and have a catch up. I really should book in like two hours for these because we always spend about 45 minutes chatting before the podcast. So anyway, tell everyone what have you guys been doing, all the exciting things that you've been up to, the new course, the farm, everything. All right. So a lot's been happening here. So we have our social media account, Strong Sisters, and we've been working on a holistic health and wellness course so that we can better guide and help people along their healing journey. And so it is a holistic course encompassing nutrition, lifestyle, and environment principles that we have learned. And so it's essentially taking all of our mistakes and lessons because we have messed up a lot (laughs) on our health journey. And so we're taking those mistakes and lessons, turning them into modules to help you bypass all of those mistakes that we've made. Um, So we've been working on that for a year and a half and we are releasing it July 14th. So really exciting there. Um, We also live on a farm. And so we are starting a regenerative farm um, and that's been a lot of work. We technically started early 2021. And so we're a little over a year in. And so a lot's happening there, getting new animals, trying to expand and grow our product line that we're selling there. Um, And then on the farm, we have a really nice barn. The barn is like too nice for animals. And so we are converting it into a wedding barn. And we have our first wedding, August 13th. There is so much to do, Kitty. It's so little time, but we'll make it happen. Oh, I'm sure it'll be amazing. Will you post up the photos, obviously, onto the Instagram page once you've done it? Yes. It's beautiful there. Wow. So you guys, when you have weddings there, do you organize everything to the wedding? Is that how it works? We haven't. This is our first wedding. (laughs) But the way it's been working, like I'm kind of just completely new to this and we aren't like wedding planners. planners. Event coordinators. Yeah. Yeah. But I've noticed that the people who, so this woman who's scheduled her wedding here, she also doesn't have an event coordinator. So she's kind of like almost acting like I am. So I'm just like, I'm taking that role and you just yeah. kind of have you to learn do it. it as you're going. Yeah. Getting practical so I'm like experience. Her, I'm like, do you like this design? <laughs> what about this? And I'm like, okay, we'll have that ready for you. So, but in the, nothing goes wrong. in the future, we will be more of like the booking and then they will have wedding planners and they'll do all of the maybe, design. Maybe. Yeah. But you know, you never know how things are going to go. You might really and, love it doing it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And super exciting. Sarah came up with the idea. The wedding barn has two floors and the first floor is going to be super nice. Like going to have a bride and groom suite room, a catering room. And so we're going to convert that into an Airbnb. So add beds and a kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then that way we can extend the season of the wedding barn because we live in Michigan and we have really rough winters here. And so if anyone's in United States or or if you want to travel over you to have Michigan a place to say now, Katie. I know you Perfect. wanted to come. We'll come. Yes, yeah. we'll come. You can come experience a day in the life on the farm by staying at the Airbnb. You can help us wow. with farm tour, work out in our farm garage, Bring the gym. milk out of the cows, 
teat. Like I wanted goats, to when we goats. goats. Sorry, goats yeah, milk. Oh, goats I do love a bit of goats cheese too. So that's a yes. tangy, you know. You got any, do you yes. make the cheese as well? Will you make me some cheese? We will. We're going to add that. We'll have it ready for you when you okay. come. We'll have it ready. Okay, right. I, I just got um, feta cheese starter cultures, like literally oh, in the mail today. Yum. So I'm going to be making some feta cheese, goat feta. I love yeah. goat feta. It's like my favorite cheese as well okay, as Parmesan no. and Pecorino. Oh, cheese, you know. oh, Pecorino. Welcome, yeah, Pecorino's a bob. Oh, that's yeah, so exciting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And anything else? I mean, that's a lot already, but. We've had to put some other projects on pause, but mm. that is all that we've been able to manage and handle right now. Mm-hmm. Um, How's but... the book sales going with the book, the cookbook with Paul? How did that go? How did the launch of the book go? That was a while ago, though. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think it went well. We are not, so we are not directly involved with the publisher. We are mm. technically like second down yeah. on the list and so mm-hmm. we don't get communications with wow. the publisher until a year after the publication yeah. date so we'll get like official updates this december yeah cool because right? that was a yeah. big project i remember when you guys were doing that it was yeah big. we were talking yeah. to you the whole yeah. time and yeah i mean you kind of knew that we were like weirdly put into the second like not really author you know what i mean and so yeah yeah, yeah. he was the yeah, it, it's almost been like just a, a different life like a oh. different segment of our life but we're still very proud of it and i think it speaks the topic what we're going to be talking about today is you know mm. like animal products and yeah eating meat and i think that it's a really helpful guide for people oh my gosh especially want to get into organ meats yeah mm. the nose to tail cooking guide like that cookbook took us out of our comfort zones in experimenting with every part of the animal and so if you really are interested in kind of nose to tail nourishment and how to use every part of the animal it's a great resource it really is Mm. it's crazy I was just thinking this morning like before this like this you know when we first met you guys like all the shit that you've been through oh have we tried it all holy shit (laughs) and like you know finally getting your period back which was so good because you were just so stressed that it was never going to come back and like look yeah. at where you are now and the mold poisoning and all the stress. Like, it's just, I remember reading some of your posts too and like just feeling your pain, you know, like feeling the going on. And you remember you messaged me sometimes, oh, we know it's, you guys are always pretty optimistic, which I really like. You're like, like, we know we're going to come out the other side of this. It just feels pretty shit now. And like, we struggled too during Corona and the whole TTC journey. And, you know, you look back at it and when you're in it, you just like, oh, that was shit. It was so shit. Now yeah. you're on the other side. Like we're on the other side now. I'm feeling, you know, I was telling you I'm so happy now and the businesses are growing and you're like, oh, okay, you know, well, let me close Slack. Sorry, going to click away in the background. But, you know, like you think it's just pretty cool. Like if you just persist, like yeah. you, you, you always know, like we've had hard times too, but you always come out the other side eventually. Absolutely. And I think like, talking about everything that we're doing, like reflecting on that, that's a lot, right? Like we are balancing a lot. And then if we reflect on what Kitty and Craig are doing, you guys are doing a lot, but we've all worked to get ourselves to a place where we have enough energy that it doesn't feel like a lot. Whereas if we tried to do everything that we're doing now, two, three, four years ago, we would have fallen flat on our face, um, not have had the energy to do it. And so, yeah, like you said, like we, we have made it through, a number of challenges and obstacles and you can achieve that. And then when you do get to that, like other side, then like nothing in life seems really 
Well, it gives unachievable. You, it, like you're, it gives you a good perspective. For like, sure. In that you literally just said, like, looking back, you're like, how did I go through that? But now that I have been through that, I feel so much like more prepared to handle what's coming in the future because you can't avoid, you know, these life stressors that are just out there and you can't live like, like going through the mold thing. There was this point in time when I wanted to just be in a bubble, like literally live in a bubble, separate myself from everything. And you just can't do that. You have to build yourself and your metabolism up to be more resilient to life stressors. And so it was, it's funny because we had spent, I mean, man, before the mold, we knew you, we had spent a long time building up our calories and improving our metabolism and getting our temps up. But all the shit that we went through, you know, years before it just, it wasn't enough to just be resilient through that stress. And we, we did get affected by the mold. So that was a huge part of the last two years. Um, but now being on the other side, it is, it's pretty, it's pretty, not, I don't want to say cool, but it is nice to look back and be like, I kept going because it's just like, it was so shitty. It's kidding. We lived in a tent for two months. <laughs> like three months. our three asses months. lived in a tent and oh. man, I mean, but it, it is cool because now um, something that we noticed is like in the mold world on Instagram, you know, we're also connected on Instagram. It, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of confusion mm. over like, Oh, what foods to eat? What do I do? Mm. But it literally like, you can't, you can't like disconnect that from the metabolism. Mm. And, you guys you know, know how- Le- you know Layla, right? Layla. You know Layla. I- yeah, friend Layla. She- you know her on so. Instagram. Yeah, she's awesome. She's yeah. got a podcast Body Never Lies. She's been on the podcast yeah. too. She had the mold poisoning as well. And she says the exact same yeah. shit as you guys about in yeah. these groups. And these people are like, take this and do this. And she's like, if they just focus on improving their health and their metabolic health, they'd probably be like so much yeah. better. But same thing, heaps of fear mongering. And she's like, Oh, you just gotta oh. get out of those groups. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And like, yep. that was one of the biggest problems is just like the fear that I acquired of like everything. And <laughs> yeah. So if I would have just literally like focused on continually getting my temps back up and that would help me detox everything. And obviously it would have like, been a little bit easier, but when you're healing, you can't be living in a shitty toxic environment. Yeah. So there's, there's a change. lot of nuance there, yeah. but of course the bigger picture, well, because like the stressors in the environment, like mold or pesticides or all those things, like they're just anti-metabolism. So they're just bringing you down. So removing those is obviously a good thing. But I think when you have that bigger picture, it puts everything into context and you're no longer afraid because you know, you can get better and you know what to do. And there's mm-hmm. tangible things you can focus on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been a really, it, we, it, we needed to go through it. We were talking about that before the podcast. Like we have to go through all these things we didn't, we didn't waste a part no, of our no, life. No time was wasted. We went through it for a reason. Yeah. And we're better because of it. Yeah, for sure. Totally. And it really makes you appreciate, like, you know, I got up the other day. I was like, Craig, I'm fucking so happy. Eh? I just love my life. I said, I love you so much. Like, yeah. we've just been more connected. We've been having heaps better sex too, because, you know, like the whole TTC oh, journey just turned it into this complete, like, I was ang- anxious all the time, didn't ever want to do it. You know, now that we're just past that and, you know, we're doing back in alignment with what I really want to do and we're like our, both our businesses are growing and we're just we're working heaps but we're just loving it you know and I was saying I just said to him I just fucking love my life like it's just so good I just get up every day and think I love what I do I get to train you know I love training and back into my training and we set some new training goals and I love him and you know things are like same as you but you think back to that shit time but it's like you just if you keep going you know like you guys it's just amazing where you are now compared to back then yeah 
It makes yeah. me cringe, Kitty. It makes me <laughs> We've made so many mistakes. Yeah. Same. <laughs> but you don't learn. You don't learn. And I think too, like when you're an entrepreneur, like I look at, you know, there's heaps of people ahead of us, but I, I look at a lot of the people we were with in coaching groups and we're miles ahead of them because we just took risks and made mistakes and invested money in coaching. And like, it pays off because I think the quicker you can fail, the quicker you can learn, the quicker you can, you know, keep moving forward. And it's like, as long as it doesn't kill you, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's all right. You can lose money. Yeah. We've lost heaps of money in the past and bad invest, like, you know, b- business partnerships, mistakes we've made, but we're still here, you know? Yeah um so probably you guys are the same obviously it's easy to say now when you've come out the other side of the shit yeah oh yeah yeah oh but (laughs) you have to like consider that so many people that you know read our instagram posts or listen to your podcast they're like in that tough time yeah yeah and they're looking for that answer and so i i just love that you have all these people who have all these different experiences and struggles come on your podcast so people anybody can relate and be like all right, I can do this. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. somebody's been there. So yeah, it's so totally. Helpful. It's just so yeah, good though I, to see you guys like good. Yeah. Like, you seem happy and well and all your businesses are doing great. And this course looks amazing. I was having a quick bit scroll through. Um and it looks so good. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're really proud of it. We're very excited. Yeah. yeah. So good. I might just have to buy it to have a look. I was looking through it thinking, oh, <gasps> great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's exciting. It's exciting. Um, all right. Well, now that we've had the update, let's get on to the podcast. So I think what we wanted to talk about today was like basically why you shouldn't be vegan, <laughs> why you should be eating animal um, products. Uh, and, you know, like I, we get a lot of women that come into our program who've done every diet under the sun and they've been um, uh, vegan. And, you know, a lot of them, look, I get the animal cruelty. Like I think, you know, some people really love animals, but I'm like, why don't you support good farms like you guys that are kind to your animals and, you, you know, the regenerative farming. They're like, oh, it's not good for the planet, you know, and I'm like, that's bullshit. Um, but, you know, so I thought we could just talk through all of these things. So maybe, maybe we should start off like from a health perspective yeah like what where, where yeah. the where you know because obviously you guys are so passionate about you know eating good quality dairy and animal products and eggs and you know and your farm's amazing yeah well okay well we appreciate that um I think something that it's amazing how long it took me to get to this point kitty mm. but when you understand human physiology when you understand the nutrients required for a human to thrive The answer is obvious. Humans are omnivores, right? So certain vitamins and minerals you can only get from animal products. These include vitamin K2, creatine, taurine, bioavailable protein, things like that. And then you can only get certain vitamins and minerals from plants. So like fruits are going to be a really good source of minerals, for example. Um, And so energy carbs. Yeah. And then, yeah. So the vitamins and mineral needs, like it's very obvious that we need, that we require both in order to live optimally. I think what you talked about with Kate too, and the similar topic is like, you can be carnivore and you can be vegan, but you're just making it so difficult. You're making your life <laughs> you're making hard. It's so much more hard than it needs to be to just like hit all your nutrients and live an awesome life. Yeah. And what you what's important for people to to realize is like, it doesn't have to be at the cost of the environment or the animal Mm -hmm. welfare. Yeah. And so once you kind of can have this more like well-rounded viewpoint on that, 
life seems really great because you don't have to so be so extreme in one direction. Life is already hard enough. Let's not make it harder than it needs to be with dietary choices. Mm. And yeah, like she said, um, I think an important point that's something relevant to everyone that listens to this podcast is like muscle building, right. Mm. And how important protein is for muscle building. Um, and I think that this is kind of a hot topic in the pro metabolic community right now, because everyone is making a fuss about Ray Pete saying, Oh, and can I just, can I just comment on that? So like, cause we <laughs> chat with Kate, like all the time and Emma and Kate's like, he just mentioned that he was experimenting with lower protein 40. It's not, he's not saying everyone should go out and eat. Like he just mentioned it, but everyone's jumping on the bandwagon going, Oh, you have to eat 40 grams of protein now. Well, and, 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 and this man is 86 years old. He's not out. He has very different (laughs) needs than you. He has very different needs than us. He is not strength training three to five times a week. And people, (laughs) people need to, you need, you need to think like. They need to use their brain is what they need to fucking do instead of just latch onto every one thing that someone says and go, oh, that's what I'm doing now. Because do you know what I think? I find people, and people probably get offended by this, but like they just take these small snippets and then blame them for the reason they're not getting results. You know, like they like, and it's like, well, you haven't ever invested in coaching or work. I'm not saying that some people probably been coaching, but like, I just think it just annoys me. Yeah, you know, like he just mentioned this in a in a podcast or whatever it was, and everyone's on the bandwagon saying this lady wrote on our post. I think because I did a post about protein, I can't remember exact words, but she's like, "You and Ray Pete have a lot to answer for. Like, this is the reason that I'm overweight." I'm like, "The reason you're overweight isn't fucking because you're eating too much protein, love. Like, <laughs> dumb shit like that." Oh my gosh. No, that's, yeah. It, it, like, I don't know if you're talking about, are you talking about on Instagram or like the repeat? Yeah, on Instagram, on Instagram. Okay. Someone commented on a post that, yeah, you That's guys crazy. have a lot to answer for. I'm fat because I've been overeating protein. Oh. So I think that this is, this is a really important thing to distinguish because sometimes people's goals are different. And mm. as a result, how you shape your nutrition is different. Mm-hmm. This man is 86. He's not trying to build muscle, building muscle at 50 grams of protein. Again, you're making yourself, you're making your life hard. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, use, use your brain, think of context. Context is key. And remember that he is an older gentleman That's right. and I'm going to eat differently at age 86 than I am Ooh. now. Like, come on. I know. Come on. This, yeah. this muscle ain't going to build itself with no protein, right. you know. I think, yeah, it is right. pretty crazy. Um, so back to the protein. So plant proteins yeah. versus, you know, because obviously a lot of plant proteins are lacking and don't have all the essential amino acids. And, some, you know, they say, I'll pair different ones together to be able to get adequate protein. But I think the issue too is that you have to eat so much carbs. Like, yeah. So much plant matter, which is really hard for your body to digest, you know, when you're trying to hit those protein goals as a vegetarian or a vegan. Even as, yeah, right. Vegan. right. And so I think when we're thinking of optimal muscle building, we have to think mm-hmm. of muscle protein synthesis and hitting mm-hmm. that leucine threshold every three to four hours is optimal for muscle growth. You just can't get around that point. And like you said, most plant proteins are not complete essential amino acids. They don't have all those amino acids. And so in order to hit that leucine threshold, it requires a lot of supplementation with protein powders and plant protein powders, a consumer report, I think is the company consumer report. They created, they analyze all these different protein powders on the market. 
plant protein powders are the highest source of heavy metal toxins. And so you are bombarding yourself with heavy metals while you're increasing your protein powder supplementation because you can't get it from animal products. Yeah. And And a lot of these powders too are like soybean protein or pea protein or Mm. things that are like not digestible and not Mm. very bioavailable and hard for people to stomach. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's really interesting too, because like I'll spend some time, I like to see all sides and I'm still in that like other fitness world who hasn't really gotten on the bandwagon of not doing vegan stuff. And so I'll look at their protein powders they're using and they're making these claims like more digestible than animal protein or like supports muscle building or doesn't upset your stomach. And I'm like, what is that based off of? Like, is there, is there a study that shows that like, did all these people take the, you know, it's just good marketing. Yeah. It's crazy how much marketing and then the use of very popular fitness people and what that does to Mm. people and like their beliefs with, they just take these words and they don't even look, you know, if there's actually studies behind it, there's like, Oh, it's better for my gut health. You know, I'm going to take this vegan protein instead. And it's like, Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And what else you, is in it? When you mm-hmm. factor in common sense, um, the amount of plant matter required to create 20 grams of protein oh, yeah. relative to the amount of animal products required to eat 20 grams of protein. It's just like astronomical, like two and a half or three pounds of peas or something to create the same amount of protein. It's, it's some ridiculous number. And so there's a lot of conflicting date like things for optimal muscle building. And then when you factor in like the environmental thing. So if you are trying to build muscle optimally, you're trying to be vegan and you're trying to do what's best for the environment. And you're, you have to use a lot of protein powders. There's a lot of hypocrisy there because protein powders are manufactured in a lab. I'm not saying they're bad. Like Saturi has very clean, good Mm. products, very bioavailable, not loaded with heavy metals, Mm. but these vegan alternatives, like those are manufactured in a lab shipped how, who knows how far it has toxins in them. You're not supporting local farms. It's not doing much to improve the environment. And so, yes, you are bypassing the most obvious quote animal cruelty because you're not seeing the animals that are being destroyed. But then when in a few minutes, we can get to it. The topic mm. of like what those farming practices are actually doing for smaller scale animals that you may not be able to see the, the industrial agriculture, the industrial to agriculture, make the peas and the soybeans and all the yeah, things. Yeah, that Cause are that, oh, the stuff they're eating has to come from somewhere, right? The product, right. they have to grow yeah, right. them and how many acres and acres of like, well, yeah, that's the problem. Like industrial agriculture, there, there are a number of issues and it's not to blame the farmer. The farmer is doing the best that he or she can in the system. The system is messed up. Mm. And so these industrial farming practices, they are turning off the internet of the soil. So the way that soil should be working is you have these roots of the plants connected to fungi networks. And these fungi networks go deep into the soil. They're diverse. And so it's like an internet underneath the soil. They all communicate with each other. Hey, tomatoes, I need some potassium and they'll send it over. And it's this beautiful network of information and sharing nutrients. Industrial agriculture turns it off. It it flips the switch that that internet is, is gone. And that's because of heavy pesticide use. Pesticides are going to 
literally destroy a number of those microbial communities in the soil. And so these plants, in order, in order to grow, they require heavy fertilizer because the internet in the soil is turned off. And so it requires a lot of toxic chemicals that have negative environmental implications down the line, because every year you're applying more and more chemicals to grow your food, destroying those microbial networks. And so there are long-term implications on the environment that no one is talking about. Yes, you can't visually see a cow dying for your food. What about all of those little mice, all the bugs, all the bees, all the insects, all the small rodents, all the small mammals, all the microbes in the soil that are being destroyed by all those toxic chemicals. Mm -hmm. These toxic chemicals don't just destroy weeds. They have impacts on other smaller livestock in the soil that are important too, to the overall ecosystem and environment. And so I think that there's just, it's hard for some people to understand these things because they can't see it with their eye. But also the marketing. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. right. It's fear mongering. It has, they have the most powerful like influence and reach over like all markets, like fitness, health, all these different things. And you don't ever see that full picture that she was just painting because that's not in like those fancy Netflix documentaries. No, you know? How's the movie, The Game Changer? Like, what did you guys think about that? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I, mean, I was like, we, we wrote an Instagram post about that one. We were like carnivore at the point when we yeah. watched that. So we were like, oh, we were really <laughs> heated. Um, I mean, ever both sides always has a point, you know, like there's mm -hmm. always something that you can take away from it. But I think that there was just so much of that propaganda and like the fear, the fear mongering and like the athletes that they're paying to say these things. And it's like, your ass went home and ate a cheeseburger. Like, yeah. it's just crazy to look at these things and just be like, they're using all these different marketing. It's literally watching like a how-to market video, the great marketing in that yeah. video. But that's all of those videos is they're using fear. Yeah. They're using popular people that influence all these young kids. I mean, at like very important times in their life when they're needing all of these animal nutrients. Yeah. Like the time that Ashley and I were plant-based and even before then we were never like prioritizing, you know, dairy and meat and eggs in our diet. Those were times when we were growing and we needed all these different nutrients to turn, you know, our hormones on and mm. to do all these different things. So when I look back, like there's no question that we had hormone problems and that we were estrogen dominant and that we, 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 we use like the pea proteins and all those things too along our journey. And not because we thought it was better, but because like for your health, but because we thought it was like, you know, good for the environment or whatever, you know, or whatever it's vegan, it looked cool. So it's so easy to influence somebody when you're just not providing all the information needed to get the full picture. Because I feel like if people knew all the downsides to eating vegan, like the health consequences and the consequences for the environment, mm -hmm. we wouldn't really see this huge popularity in the diet. Mm. Again, I'm going to say something that is going to make people upset, like you said earlier, Kitty, but um, people have lost the ability to think independently. Mm. And so they blindly accept blanket statements. When you dig deeper, there are a lot of holes in a lot of these arguments, especially around the environment. And like she said, the, the marketing around these taglines and buzzwords, no one questions them because no. they're just accepted generation to generation. Well, because, and they're also put out there by very popular influential people like Kim Kardashian, for example, doing like the better, the meat burger, whatever. 
Mm. They're just out there by people who people don't question. And like, what, what does Kim Kardashian know anything about the environment or health? It's, it's comical. And when you look at it like that, like that's actually influencing people. (laughs) She was was the one, Hey, that starved herself to drop like before the, did did you see that? (laughs) People just got off. I doubt it. I mean, yeah. and but the like the sad thing is, is like she looks, you know, great. She's got those curves, but like I guarantee she buys those curves. Yeah, those curves were not built by the Beyond Burger. <laughs> so it's like it, it, it hurts me because so many people are influenced by that, and that influenced their health long term. Mm-hmm. And what you and, say, like yeah. you, you know, you, sorry, just going back to what you said before, it's like fucking. Sometimes I think people have got to take some ownership and responsibility and like, you know, like you have to think and, and, and cause it's so easy to go, Oh, I just listened to this and I did this and I'm just going to blame them for this result that I'm getting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, keep going. It's so it's like, who are you blaming? Because you're influenced by all these different things. And you have to consider like a lot of the people who are putting this information out there, whether that's on Instagram, like your favorite fitness influencer, who's using that new vegan protein or whatever, they're getting paid to do that. And so it's not necessarily because they wholeheartedly saw great results from that product and they believe it's best for you. It's because they also need a paycheck at the end of the day. And so you have to always consider like not everybody's actually looking out for you and has your best interests at heart. Mm. Follow, follow the money. And so at a, at a small scale, yeah, like influencers are being affiliates, uh, we're affiliates and we are affiliates for products that we love and enjoy, but at a much bigger picture, these large food companies, they don't make money when you support your local farmer. They make $0 on a sale of you buying ground beef from your local farmer. They make all the money when you buy these manufactured food products, these fake hot dogs made out of God knows what, hot dogs. they <laughs> make money off of these sales. So they spend enormous amounts of marketing dollars to convince you that this is healthier for you and it's better for you for the environment as well than a ground beef burger from your local farmer. It's baloney. It's nonsense. Just thinking long-term, they are looking out for their best interests as a company. Again, they make $0 when you go and support your local farmer. So think about that when you're looking at all this marketing information, like the Just Eggs product, which is made out of mung beans. It's a joke that that compares nutritionally to an actual chicken egg. Oh, but another like a thing that I lo- like I hate is that these I just keep going back to it as influencers because I know what influenced me when I was going through all my different journeys. And like, they're always like, oh, it's the macros are great. It's really macro friendly. But then you look at the mac- the micronutrients. Oh, so much dosh like, in it as well. <laughs> yeah, the ingredient list is horrible, but the micronutrients are just non-existent. And like in the mung bean egg or whatever, but then you look at a, a beautiful, perfect egg and it's like, that has everything that you needed. Just yeah. eat the egg. I know, and- I know. And- so keep going keep going it's just that there's so much fixation on like those just things that don't matter as much like you know totally do you do you guys think too like I had um you might know her she's in the in the community uh Chloe she's I think she's flow with Chloe on the um on her Instagram and I did a podcast with her and she was vegan 
And then, you know, now she's not vegan. She was had really disordered eating. And she said for her, and she feels like a lot of the women she works with, it's just a front for disorder for a disordered eating, like a way that she could be really skinny. And she put up some photos like you guys. I'm like, holy shit, you know, like tiny. She was anorexic nearly. Um, and so many of these diets are just a front, I think. And I think back to, to what I used to do. And it was like, oh, I don't know who I was speaking to about it, but, you know, like I was always like, oh, and you guys weren't like this because you were into it all the time. But I was like, I'm being healthy and the no sugar and you shouldn't eat. But then I was out taking drugs on the weekend and drinking alcohol. And then I would binge all Sunday. But then I would get back on the wagon on Monday and be like, holy than now, you know, you don't eat sugar and you don't eat this and you don't eat that. And I'm like, oh, look, I think back now. Now I just have such a much more balanced approach, you know, like we eat food that we like most of the time and stick to our foods that make us feel good. You know, like when we went away on holidays, we went, on this ski holiday, it was really good. But like, you know, like we just relax a bit on holidays. Like we went to, we went to Woolworths on the way to the, to the, where we were staying just to pick up some stuff. Cause it has a kitchen. And so like, obviously they don't have great sourdough at Woolworths, but we're like, who gives a fuck? Like it's just seven days of holidays. We're just going to eat the shit sourdough. And like, we made all these cheese boards and they didn't have good crackers. Like the crackers had shit in them and vegetable oil, whatever. You know, we went out to lunch a few days and I had some champagne, only four glasses over the whole holiday, but I just really enjoyed it. Every day we went down to the bakery and we got like a, something. So we got like a cheesecake one day, we just share it. Um, and like my digestion, seriously, oh my God, it was like fart fucking central. Like I ate other things, normal things, but you know, it's like, I just didn't care because I'm on holidays and I still, you know, we ate enough protein and we just relaxed a little bit because it's just, you know, it's just, but I never would have done that before. Like I'd always be like, oh, you can't eat this or you can't eat that. And, but when I got back, I was like, I was really looking forward to just eating the food that I know makes me feel so good. So one day of back on my normal regime, which I absolutely love, no farting, yeah. had the best sleep, did the greatest poo the next day, you know, like back on the carrot salad and stuff. But, you know, I think, I don't know, do you think sometimes that these diets like vegan can be, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but can be just another way to discuss, like it's just disordered eating. I think in many ways, like all, it, especially like when you're in a healing journey too, and a lot of people go to these diets because they're trying to heal or alleviate something you get so afraid that it is coming from a place of fear and suddenly not like this is truly what's best. It's like, I'm afraid. And so, yeah, that, I mean, disordered eating is coming from a fear of being fat or gaining weight. And so I think so. And for myself, I held on to so many different diets because it was really easy to stay skinny up until a certain point, That's right. not until my metabolism started to be shit, (laughs) but you know, you absolutely, because when you go out to eat too, and you're like, you're following a certain diet, suddenly your choices are really small and you can eat, you know, a little bit less things. So I can see how that would definitely play a role in somebody's mind. And I I do think a lot of, you know, people in different camps. So like people who are very open about, you know, coming back from an eating disorder, they they're still latching onto another diet by eating more, but they're eating vegan or eating more, but they're eating, you know, keto. And mm. so you really do need to kind of take a step back and be like, what's actually going on here? Is it because I truly believe in these values and I want to be vegan or is it, you know, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of eating the dairy or the meat and gaining weight, those kind of things. Mm. I, I think Kitty, I think it really comes down to food education. And that's like a big part of our social media account and our guide. And like, 
when you, when you educate yourself, you lose the fear because then you just become aware. You become aware. You don't become fearful. You're just aware. Like, like you saying, I went to the bakery, there are vegetable oils in it. Yeah. Whereas before you would like be again, it, it, again, it's coming to awareness of this is temporary short-term versus fearing because you don't really understand. You just hear these big picture things such as saturated fat is going to give me heart disease. Like things like I wouldn't want to eat the sugar in the carbs. I'm too scared. I'm going to get fat. (laughs) Sugar is going to cause me to have insulin resistance. My insulin is going to be high. So I'm going to gain fat instantly. The second I take the the intake, that sugar, it's not really going to get diabetes. It's (laughs) not under, I think it comes from a lack of truly understanding because people read headlines. They read, they read buzzwords. There's so much fear mongering Mm. and they don't, actually spend the time understanding the true principles of food and how we've lost that intuition with food. Mm. Whereas like you've brought up a number of times in our conversation, like your grandma knew how to eat intuitively because it was passed down from generation. There's been some really messed up generations in the last like couple Mm. of years where that food intuition isn't necessarily passed on that food culture isn't necessarily passed on. And so then what do you do? You go to Instagram and you find what you think to be, well, you find a diet with rules and you no longer have to have intuition. Yeah. So in that way, it is a, it is slightly disordered eating. Yeah. Um, Mm. but I like what you're talking about with you went on vacation and you were able to relax. And I think that you always have to put that into context. And Kate had a recent post about like the different ways you can relax along your journey. And like, if you're already there, if you're feeling great, like you do have that freedom and that flexibility, your metabolism is just fine and you will be able to tolerate all those different things. But if you're really sensitive and you're just healing, mm. then obviously you need to be a little bit more aware and be a little bit more careful with what you're eating. Mm. And I think that knowing that is also very empowering because you will be able to tell, you know, as your temps and stuff improve, as your symptoms go away you, maybe you are more flexible and you're at, you're at the kitty stage, right? Yeah. So like I've been at the, oh my God, I'm freaking out stage. Like, fuck, I have to eat just orange juice to milk, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. You have to do. Or, and then, I mean, again, too, that's like, that is in a way a fearful repeat diet. If you're like, I have to just eat milk and orange juice. Yeah, but it's also too, it's like, you do, like, you're not Ray P, like we've said before, like, why would you, he doesn't even have a diet either, does he, right? Like, it's just, he talks oh. about principles and he educates and then people take it and go, oh, he's, this is what he does. Like Danny, we yeah. always joke about Danny. I'm like, fuck, I could never do Danny, how Danny eats. Like no starches, so much milk. You know, I'm like, that's not enjoyable to me. Like you're going to, you're going to be consistent with what you actually enjoy. And also I think, you know, like say taking into account, learning about, the bioavailability and the nutrients that you need. And I just find too, like that was great in the holidays, but I was really looking forward to coming back and just eating my normal food because one, I actually really enjoy it. Like every day I'm addicted at the moment to these sourdough muffins. So I have like sourdough muffin with egg and Swiss cheese and spicy barbecue sauce and orange and a coffee with collagen and sugar. And it's like, I'd really actually eat it because I fucking love it. You know, like every day I have the ice cream every night, chocolate ice cream with banana. I just, I, I try to eat different things, but I just love it. And like, I, I do the same thing. So good. See, see, but Kitty, that's just like, that's opposite of what the average, the average person is like, oh, clean eating. No, Monday, that's what Kitty was saying. Yeah, Monday through Friday. Yeah. Clean eating. 
And then they look forward to the weekend of binging yeah. because yeah. that was unsustainable. Whereas you go on vacation and you look forward to your Monday through Friday. Because you just like feel good. Like Don't you guys feel like too? Like it's not even though like I think like, yeah, it was really nice to have the cheese. And we would occasionally have a cheese board here. And we get, we, obviously here we can get nice, better sourdough crackers that don't cause us digestive issues. But also too, like I've got body composition goals. Like where, you know, we set these new goals and, you know, I also would be lying. And I've said this before, I want to look a certain way. I want to be muscular. Exactly. I want to be strong. So in order for me to hit the numbers in the gym, I've got to eat a certain amount of carbs, you know, keep my fat on the lower side, like 50 to 70 right. grams a day, which suits me and my goals. So I'm ch- choosing to do that, but it's not like it's restricted. I don't feel restricted. Oh. I feel. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to achieve and look a certain way. Just have to understand that it does require a little bit more work, a little bit more dedication. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's like, it's not also for everyone, but it's like, this is what we do. This is our life. We love it. Like Craig and I is real bodybuilder, you know, and I'm really excited. I've set some new strength goals and, you know, it's so, um, but like you say, everyone's different and they've got different goals. And sometimes when you first start, start out, you are a bit more compromised. Like I remember when Craig had this bloody parasite, he couldn't fucking eat anything. Like, and he was really stressed from, because we owned the gym back then working long hours. He's good now. Like he would have a, we'll got, we'll, one of our favorite takeaways is these awesome burritos. They're not fucking perfect. They've got these like soft tortilla things and they're shit because they're just from the normal place. And they've got some beans and cheese and whatever, but who cares? Like we have it once a fortnight. Like we really enjoy it. But now he can digest that. Whereas before yeah. he would just like be so bloated. So I think yeah. you're right. Like it's just, it's edu- being educated and aware and then like you choose like you guys eat a lot of great food and you choose to eat that way because it makes you feel good and it tastes yeah. good right yeah but you know so like you were talking about you eat this like you always try to be different but you eat the same things you come back to I I do the same thing but if you have those like foundational items in your diet like you know the liver or the oysters the dairy those things and you want to then just go eat the same ice cream every night like you have that of ability because you're covering your bases yeah you know so I always try to like branch out with my food but half the time I'm like I'm eating masa I'm eating masa for breakfast masa for lunch she is masa because you just do you go through phases guys like I'll go through phase I'll eat something I'll get on like like um beef cheeks I'll eat them for like three months and one day I'll wake up and go I fucking can't eat beef cheeks anymore like I've got to eat something else yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's absolutely. But it, it's cool to have that, you know, especially all of us coming from a place of disordered eating to have that food freedom because mm-hmm. of our food education mm-hmm. and like a larger picture to get to that place is really nice. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't really talk about how animals are actually good for the environment. Yeah. Cause oh. it was, I was going to say, let's shift. I was going to shift it back. I, don't know I want you guys to talk about the farm. And how is it when you do it the way that you do it, that it's good for the environment? Like, what is it this all about? Tell us about the process and what you guys do. Yeah. So again, very similar to health with humans. So many people are focused on short-term symptoms, right? They can only think short-term. They're very attached to their short-term symptoms. Are they suppressing symptoms? Are they actually working towards an improved metabolism long-term? So that type of thinking applies the exact same way to the environment. And so many people, you know, are saying like cow burps are emitting methane and destroying the environment. That's very short-term thinking. You are literally thinking of a moment in time measurement of a cow burp 
going into the environment. Okay, what happens 10 years from now? Oh, when you learn about methane and the carbon cycle and how methane is part of the natural carbon cycle, you realize that that's not a big deal. So you have to think long-term on these environmental consequences and how our agricultural practices and how we're using livestock can improve the long-term. And so I think that that's a big selling point of like the vegan environmentalism is they're just focusing on moment in time, carbon emissions. What about 10 years from now? We need to be thinking about like the ecosystem and how that environment is working as a whole, not just single measurements. So again, it goes, I, I got really excited because I spent like a full day out on our tractor doing something on the field. And I came into Sarah being like, I saw a connection between soil health and the metabolism with humans. And I, I got so excited. <laughs> and so for a human, the, one of the most important things is your metabolic rate, your metabolism, because that has profound implications on all the rest of your body and how your the rest of your body functions. We shouldn't focus and isolate certain things because your body is a system, right? The same thing applies with soil health. If you have a diverse microbial community in your soil, that has profound implications on how the environment works. We have natural functioning carbon and water cycles. Yes, you may have carbon emissions from cows, but 10 years from now, that's a, that's a carbon cycle. It's, it's naturally occurring. That's supposed to happen. And so I think we're just focusing on the wrong things, similar mm -hmm. to human health. People are focusing on the wrong things. Um, and so when livestock and crops are raised in a regenerative agriculture manner, the goal, what we're doing is we're building soil health and microbial communities. We're giving these live, these our underground livestock, our microbes in the soil, we're giving them a place that they want to live. So if you were, a, if you were a worm, would you want to live in dirt that is bombarded with chemicals or would you want to live in soil that is moist. It has a ton of other microbial communities. It's not thrown, chemicals are not thrown at it. And so think of where a worm would like to live. And so the whole point of regenerative agriculture is to really improve that soil health and turn on the internet of the soil. That way all of the root systems can work together and supply nutrients for the soil. Mm, amazing. Yeah. And another thing actually just sort of connect to this is you know, like there's a lot of fear and I actually, I don't really know what the dairy industry is like in the U S but I interviewed a dairy farmer. She's was in our program. She's been a dairy farm for 20 years in Australia. And she's like all the shit that people say, like it's full of antibiotics and you know, all this other shit. She's like, it's impossible because they test the milk. Like when they come and collect it, there's strict standards and they test it. And if there's anything in it, you, you can't sell it. So you lose money. And she's like, happy cows produce more milk happy looked after cows and all the stuff that they say about that they pump them through a hormone. She's like, we just don't do it, Kitty. Like it's just, but I don't know what it's like in the U S I mean, I'm sure that that exists to a certain degree, mm. but like I said, there are strict standards for certain products that go through grocery store shelves. And so, you know, if you don't have the budget for super high quality, then like that is going to be an okay option. Like I would rather drink milk, to get my calcium in than not to get my calcium in, you know? Um, but the nice thing about it is like to avoid any potential concerns, like you do potentially have a local farmer that you could support yeah. and go 
ask him or her up front, and then you don't have any concerns or fears. And so if that is a big concern or fear for you, then finding your local farmer and just going to visit and ask them that could provide some level of comfort because I know, I know how strong the fear is when you're coming from a plant-based or vegan side. And so the best, the best option is to just go meet your farmer, go meet mm. him or her and ask mm. about the farming practices and just see it firsthand. Do you know what I've noticed? And I don't know if this is the same for you guys. Um, before when I was like eating clean and doing all these diets, I really wasted a lot of food. I don't know why. I think cause I just bought heaps of like, I don't know, broccoli and shit. And it would just sit in the bottom of the freezer. And then I ended up binge eating. So I'd throw out a heap of food, but now how we eat now, we, just our fridge, like I was looking at it, open the door this morning and thinking, oh, gee, we haven't got much in here because we've, we have to go shopping again, go down to the markets and go shopping. So like we eat our favorite fruit at the moment is oranges and watermelons. So we go through every orange we use, every bit of watermelon, we use all our bananas. We go through all of our eggs. We get down to the last drop of milk. Like we just don't ever waste anything. We eat everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we would have like, we would go get, the things I remember wasting the most would be like, toy you know like the green vegetables in the bags yeah. we'd be like oh we're gonna eat those yeah. and then they would be at the bottom of the fridge like half brown and even before I feel like we didn't know a lot about too about like repurposing food or now yeah. all of our scraps just go to like our chickens but you can compost yeah. things and all that fun stuff but yeah I I, I value my food so much now that like mm. if it's I would never waste my food. No, like no. you're right. Like the milk gets down to the bottom. I'm like, oh, and I'm like pouring every last little bit. But it's so true. Like in valuing that too is like, why would I waste that? And like I've seen you guys do this too. Like when I make, and I, to be honest, haven't done it for a while. Made a, I like like lamb neck and oxtail stew. Like it's just my favorite. But I've just yeah. been so busy. And you know, it's a bit of a ball like to make. So I've just been buying like this grass fed um lard um or whatever like tallow for cooking out. Yeah, yeah. But usually I would make that. And I would let it sit overnight in the fridge and this beautiful yellow fat, you know, comes to the top and I'd scrape yeah. it all off and store it. And it would last us months. And we just use it for cooking yeah. to cook the chips in. Yeah. So I'm like, you waste nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. That is a beautiful thing about like learning how to use the whole animal. And so mm. like when you do learn how to eat more nose to tail, so you using all parts of the animal, you're able to get more nutrients in with less volume, like mm. we talked about. And you waste less things because if you were vegan, you have to buy a wide variety of things to hit your nutrients. And most of that's probably going to go bad, or you just are really good at grocery shopping every day or things like that. So yeah, you're, you're right. I, that's something I haven't really thought about is you waste a lot less because you're you, like, you're getting more bang for your buck. Yeah. And, and even though it's more like expensive, you're right. Like, cause we buy good quality grass fed, you know, like products but you use less. Like as yeah. an example, like yeah. I only have, I only eat like my current diet that I'm, I'm on now, my plan, like my breakfast is eggs, cheese, and then morning teas, cheese, lunch is only 125 grams of lamb. So it's not a, that's not a big amount. And then afternoon tea is yogurt, Greek yogurt, like a quite a big serve. Then dinner is some prawns and dessert is the protein is like the ice cream and the collagen. So it's like, you know, people like who go, I don't want to eat a heap of meat. I'm like, you don't even really need, like, I don't eat a heap, like heaps and heaps no. of meat. Like before I'd be eating heaps of chicken and kangaroo and, you know, salmon and like. <laughs> kangaroo. That's yeah. so odd over here, but oh, that's so true. I, 
I'm in this phase too, where I don't crave any meat right now. So I'm like, I'm having my liver, but mm. Mm, the rest is the seafood or the dairy at this point. And, and it's eggs. Not, yeah. Eggs. It's not like bad, but I think that's a misconception too, is like, Oh, you're eating all this, you know, products you're and coming from carnivore. Obviously there was a time and place when I did eat like so much meat, but no, I don't even think it, it doesn't need to be the center of your plate anymore. It's literally just like a little component that provides amazing. Like variety, right? Variety. We always recommend eat some eggs, eat some dairy, eat some seafood, eat some meat, you know, don't just eat like we used to chicken. (laughs) Yeah. And when you learn, when you learn how to use the whole animal. So like, as an example, someone saying like, Oh, buying a pasture raised chicken for my farmer is more expensive. Well, what is it more expensive to? Because if instead you go to the supermarket and you buy chicken breasts, well, you're not getting a, with the whole chicken, you could make a broth. Mm. You've got all the skin on it and you've got all the different meat cuts and you can make a broth. And so you're getting broth and meat. Whereas if you do chicken breast, then you have to go buy store made broth. And so Mm. just thinking about all that you can do in repurposing all of it, you can get more out Mm. of the product when you learn how to use the whole thing. But I think that too is something that we really valued when we came from being more plant-based to eating meat is like, how can we actually have way less waste and repurpose the whole animal to kind of honor the, the whole farming system. And so learning about all these different things and repurposing, like you said, making the tallow or making the broth, mm-hmm. um, or even this really cool farm that we are connected with here in the U S they use the skins to make all these different you know, leather goods and dog leashes and stuff. And so being able to utilize literally the whole animal. So there's zero waste that's just going into landfills or whatever is really awesome because then you're getting to see this whole cycle come full circle and you can feel really good about the purchase that you're making. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And so you guys sell stuff from your farm. Hey, like you sell eggs. What do you sell? Yeah. So we have been doing our farm for a little bit over a year. And I, I love our, I love it. I'm, I'm so proud of what we've done and it's all thanks to the animals, right? We just manage them. They've done all the work. They, how many they animals have you got? Tell me about what you've got on the farm. Like how many cows, how many ox, goats and. Yeah. So and- we have, um, we've really focused on eggs first. Yeah. yeah. Our chickens, we have 200 and something laying wow. birds there's, there's wow. meat birds and there's laying birds so we've got laying birds what's the difference what how do you what's a, obviously the females are the laying birds meat birds are not fun to raise meat yeah. birds have a very short life cycle and so you're constantly getting chicks in you're constantly bringing them to the uh, market and they get really fat they're really dumb they don't move that well they get they like they literally just like sit on their legs and this is even like pasture-raised chickens i just don't like really? meat birds I don't, what, we've, what, we've what makes them like that just genetically they're like that it's been they've been yeah. genetically which, which, this kills me because people always are like oh my god fruit is genetically modified <laughs> so like your watermelon that you're eating today is nothing like our ancestors the chicken that you're eating today is nothing like a chicken used to be like a hundred years. And so there's context and everything. Um, and they like that because then they have more meat on them, literally. Is that what they grow super fast? And so they, they are about six to eight weeks and they're, they're, uh, genetically modified to like grow really big breasts because breasts run the American meat market. Like literally chicken breasts are bought by everyone. That is incredible. Um, I did not know this. I bet you so many people (laughs) didn't know this. 
I got so. big boobies, big boobies. Um, and so <laughs> they grow really quickly and they're just, they don't have as much of a personality. Whereas laying birds, <laughs> laying birds, they, are great. they live, we're going to keep them on the farm for like three years. They are so fun. They all have unique personalities. They run around all day. They're not bred to get super big because they have to lay an egg every day. Um, and so we have laying birds. And so we aren't necessarily raising them exactly for meat. At some point they will be stewing hens because every chicken stops laying at a certain point. So how many Um, eggs do they lay for how long can they lay for? So they start laying at about four to five months of age. It kind of depends on the breed and then they'll lay. It's, it's kind of like humans, like at a certain point, their egg production just drops. Yeah. Yeah, It's so funny though. Cause like if they're stressed, they just won't lay. So it's like our periods. Yeah. yeah they got to yeah. be happy and healthy and no stress. Yeah. 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 Um, and so chickens are yeah. monogastric animals, which are different than ruminants. And so the type of fats that they consume will impact the type of fat in their body. It's similar mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, the type of fat we eat will impact the phospholipid structures inside of our body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we created our own feed here and we were able to change the fatty acid profile of our eggs. And so our eggs have significantly less PUFAs than like a conventional egg, for example. So So you feed them, do you feed them less um, like grains, like more, do they, cause they like naturally if they just roamed around, I could be wrong. Do they eat like a range of shit, insects, bit of grains, like. uh, We do give them some grains, but it's honestly just like try to give them low fat. Um, and then we do give them liver and tallow as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they have a very, we're creating like craft eggs here, like craft beer. Specialty eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for four of our eggs, you get one gram of PUFA, whereas four of conventional eggs, you get like five, four or five. That's pretty cool. And so back to, I just need to know how many eggs do they lay? Like how many, how many per day do they lay? How many do you get out of them? The, so they will only lay one a day. They don't always lay every day, but we have, we get about right now about 14 dozen a day. Wow. Um, yeah, because we we have subscriptions for our eggs, so we service a lot of customers all over the U.S. Yeah, and um, yeah, so each chicken, I think they'll lay like four or five days out of the week. And different yeah. birds are are more productive than others. So we are like the more productive birds as are because we're trying to you know produce a lot of eggs, but of they're, they're healthy. So we've got those, and then we've got a goat named Hosanna. And she provides our raw milk and we're, we're working on getting more goats to have like a herd share here Yeah, to sell raw milk. Yes. And then we, is that it? We have um, a lamb. So lamb here is very seasonal for Uh, us. And so we get our lamb flock weaned off their moms at about eight to 10 weeks of age. And so they're Mm. arriving within the next few weeks Mm. and then raise them. And then we take them to the processor in January of next year. Someone who kills them for you obviously you yeah, guys yeah. don't kill them and you there's someone who kills them nicely right right <laughs> right yeah so our our goal here is we've already seen a significant environmental improvement in our property we have seen like a significant increase in our soil organic matter so we are returning oh. life to our soil our soil looks significantly less dead you're seeing natural prairie grasses return wow. um so we've seen that and then our goal here is to literally give our animals the best lives possible. Um, 
They are given fresh food, fresh water, fresh air every single day. This is something that isn't really talked about. When you farm, when you domesticate animals, you're giving them shelter, protection, food, and water. When animals are out in the wild, nature is not pretty. Predators are mean and vicious. And so we give them the safety mm. and protection that they wouldn't necessarily have in the wild. And so we like to say, well, it's not our line. It's a farmer close to us that has said this. They have one bad day where they are taken to the processor, mm. but every single other day of their life, they are living the best life possible mm. with access to fresh grass, fresh air, fresh water, good feed. Um, and so it, it can be done in a way where animals are treated with love every single day. So if that is a really important thing for you, there are plenty of regenerative farms who you can support mm. and find. Um, there's a website called eatwild.com in the US. Yeah. So that's a great website to look for your local farm. And, and you, know what? you guys would have this too. Like we have in Australia where you can actually buy a whole cow. And they chop yeah. it all up for you, like get a deep freezer and you can, it's cheaper as well. And you, you get everything um, and whack it all in the deep freezer um, from your yeah. local farm. Yeah. Which is amazing yeah. too. Yeah. And, and that type of system, when you are relying on one single cow, there's one death of one cow mm. for your food for a very long time. Mm. Whereas the industrial model a lot of deaths are happening really small scale that you can't see, but you maybe don't put value on those small little mice, field mice, field snakes, little mm. bugs, little insects, bees. And so it's much easier for these like PETA vegan videos to go and film pigs and chickens and cows that we can see people abusing them, but they often miss like what's happening with really toxic chemicals that are used in industrial agriculture. And so if, animal like welfare is really important to you. I truly think that a regenerative farm where the animals are provided with fresh feed, fresh water, fresh air every single day, that is the best path to go. Yeah, I agree. And I'm like, if you really care that much, like you say, pay more, support yeah. these, cut back on something else, you know, like, and I just feel like you, we save money anyway, because we eat less, like we're just less wasting of things so much less wastage. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, well, that, that's so exciting. And does your goat make enough milk for the two of you always? Do you ever have to buy any more milk? Yeah, we, we occasionally do buy extra milk because we are going to try to give our milk to other people. Mm. Not give, but you know, it's hard to hurt share and sell. So hopefully we'll get to the point where we'll have Hosanna's milk and other mm. goats that we can provide for ourselves and other people. We're kind of yeah. trying to figure that one out right we're now. in the growing phase of yeah. everything so we'll next time we talk we'll have the yeah. full answer there's times the when I, I forget and i leave the goat milk outside all night and i'm like i shouldn't drink this so i'm still <laughs> we're getting used to it. sarah milks the goat sarah milks the goat how much do you get out in one sitting so she's about half a gallon in one sitting so, so how much is that in liters half mm, a gallon <laughs> look at up four liters she's a little bit over yeah. a gallon a day um but sarah milks her and then she leaves the milk gallon outside and forgets to bring it oh. in the house, in the fridge. So we're working on this. We're working. So you just basically milk it into the bucket, right? <laughs> yeah. And then pour it into some bottles or something, and then put it in the fridge. You guys were talking yeah. about yeah. Like, in your last podcast. It's great. <laughs> 
Oh. And you know, like I don't, I don't actually think I've ever had goat's milk because I've just always drunk normal milk. But goat's cheese, is it tastes the same? Is it like tangy? Like the goat's cheese, you know, goat's fed is real tangy, or is it not that tangy like that? So, so I think there's a lot of factors. Yeah, some so some goats have like a goatier taste, but Hosanna, her breed, she's like a sweet neutral. She's like a cow milk. Nice. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's love so Hosanna. Good. And yeah. I've seen you've been making your own butter too. So you scrim the the fat off the top. Drink so milk. goat's milk is naturally homogenized. Oh. And so it takes a little bit longer for the milk to separate in the fridge. Yeah. But we are getting a cream separator for the business. And yeah. so then we can separate the cream and then we can eat this, uh, drink the skim milk and then we can make butter and or sell the butter or something. Oh, or that would be so good. Cause that's what we yeah. say to some, cause like, you know, a lot of clients come to us and they want obviously better health, but they want body composition change. So, yeah. you know, we, we, and it, when we're trying to get them to eat more dairy, if they're eating full fat dairy, it's just, they just blow out their fat macros. So we try yeah. and encourage them to eat some lower fat. And what a lot of the ones in the States do is because, you know, like obviously you got to add all those shitty vitamins. They have to by law. They'll just buy the full cream unhomogenized and they just scrape the cream off the top and use yep. it for something else. And then they just drink the milk, which they reckon is about 2% or something, which is good. Yeah, we actually, so we have an Instagram post. If you buy raw milk or like you said, non-homogenized whole milk and put it in a glass drink dispenser in the fridge and let it sit for like 24 to 48 hours, that cream will sit at the top and then you can dispense the low fat milk out of the bottom. There's actually a study showing that that milk within 24 hours can actually get down to like 0.5 to 1%. Wow. Um, that's amazing. That gravity separation method, the fat will go to the top. So we actually did that for quite some time, but it doesn't work that well with goat milk. Oh, yeah. cause it's already so, yeah, that's such a, yeah, cause that's what a lot, I was on a call with some of my clients from the States and we were just talking about like making the ice cream, like this ice cream recipe. And I said that I just use low fat or skim and then you know, cause I'm trying to not make it so fatty or cream, but they couldn't yeah. get the milk. And I was like, Oh, just do that. Like just get the, and then you can use it, use the cream, make it into butter or, you know, whatever you're going to do with it. But yeah, that's a really good way to get around it. Yeah. I Again, using, using the whole product. So the whole yeah. dairy products, the whole milk, you can take the cream, make the butter or your ice cream. And then you can drink the milk for your yeah. calcium and all the other amazing nutrients. Yeah. Yeah. So good. See all these great, these good tips, yeah. follow them. Cause you guys do give heaps of good little amazing tips on stuff like food and, you know, making things and stuff. So, oh, let me ask you, I meant to ask you, cause I have only messaged once, but how's the skincare going? Are you like, oh my gosh, I, we should have brought that up. I love it. I use it every single night. Yeah. So I, we are exposed to a lot of <laughs> Free and shit oh. all over the farm, right? When you wash yourself. Is it all real dirty? Like we <laughs> just dirt? Uh, yeah, like just being a chicken farmer. Like chickens poop a lot, um, and so I'm exposed to a lot of stuff on the farm. And so I have thoroughly enjoyed the oil cleanser. Yeah, how good it's is it? It was weird at first. I was like, I'm washing my face with oil. It's not going to feel clean, right? Like you don't feel like right. it's going to feel clean. And then you do it. And you're like, wow, my face feels so soft and clean. But like, Kitty, I don't have any pimples. And like, I think a lot of people, like when you're exposed to that much debris, like getting mm. pimples is a lot easier. But mm. I've been washing my face every day with it. And mm. the, the lip the balm, the balm mm. literally is like a lip job instantly. It's crazy. And it lasts like, so if I put like other chapstick it on, it starts to crust at the sides and it dusts right. off, but 
that shit stays on there for like four hours. Yeah. And I'm like, so good. And it yeah. like, it's such a, it's, it's small, but like, this is my one. Look how much is still left in it. Yeah, like, no, yeah, we, we haven't even made a dent on it. It's really, really yeah. nice. No, so that 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 is such an awesome pro- project yeah. um, that I know you were working on for such a long time. Like yeah. you, when I first started talking, you were yeah. working on something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Emma did. I mean, I didn't have anything. To, I mean, I just tried it, and obviously was involved in it. But Emma did all the research and did the formulation, and yeah, so she's done such Very a cool. great job. Like the face cream, I just feel like my skin's just like plump and. It just feels beautiful. Like, yeah, I'm so glad you guys like it. Yeah, it's like one of the few products that implement the pro-metabolic principles for skincare, giving yourself a little boost from the outside. The copper, the cholesterol, the eugenol, all this other amazing shit that Emma's put in there. It's like, and the body cream. Have you got the new body cream yet? The second tube? I don't think so. We sent we sent one out to you guys, yeah, because it'll be thicker thicker than the um, first one. So that it it should be on. So just takes fucking forever to the states and customs. Yeah, yeah, it's so annoying. Because like we're actually absorbing those nutrients too. So in a way, it's like another supplement. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's good. We've been getting lots of good feedback so far, which is um, which is awesome. So I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add that you feel like we haven't covered? Did you have questions? I feel like we've covered everything, I think. I think, I don't know, and we could have probably talked a bit more about the nutrients, I think, you know, like the, but we did talk about that with Kate. So if you guys, people want to go back and listen to the one I did with Kate on the vegan, she sort of dove a bit deeper. So I don't know, is there anything else you think we've not covered? We should have another podcast and just talk more. Because yeah. I feel like we can talk for hours. Yeah. <laughs> people are like, shut up, guys. I'm over this podcast. It's been like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure they're not saying you're not saying that. No. <laughs> no. We just have a bunch of chicken tours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. I've got like, I'm so, yeah, like so many calls and busy, but it's good. We love it. We love it. Hey, we were just saying that before. We just really love our lives. Yeah. And... I was so blessed to be able to do this. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I right. get to go a goat right now. Yeah. I'm... Oh, she's doing, never mind. She's night job. I, I'm clean. <laughs> I have the night shift. She has the night shift. <laughs> You get to clean up the chicken shit, yay! <laughs> oh, that's a good thing about what we do. We don't have to clean it up. Oh, they just move- poo in the field, don't they? Yep. Yeah, we move yeah, the- yeah. Out there, but I oh, and they just fertilize it. Does it just fertilize the grass? Is that what it does? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. All these animal manures are nature's natural fertilizer. Yeah. Oh, I remember my dad used to put this fucking shit called excuse my French, but dynamic lifter and it was chicken poo and geez, it smelled, but geez, it did a good job. The grass was all, like the gardens were so, yeah. Our dad was like round up, pew, pew, pew. And I'm just not thinking, time. thinking back. I'm like, oh my God, we were exposed to so much glyphosate and growing up. Oh yeah. Yeah. So bad. So bad. Oh, well, thanks so much guys for coming out. It was so good. So I'm going to Drop all the, the your details in the show notes for everyone. Go and follow them on Instagram. Look out for their new course. I'd say by the time, when did you say it's released? 20? July 14th. Oh, yeah. This podcast, like, because I do plan everything a month in advance. So, like, this won't come out. By the time people listen to this, I'll put the link in the show notes for people oh. so that they can actually buy the course when okay. this will, when, we, when oh. I release this. It'll basically be, the course will be bloody out. Um, And, yeah, I think we would have done our podcast giveaway because they've donated one of their courses to the podcast giveaway, which would be awesome too. So some lucky person will get that. Um, but yeah, thanks again. And if you are vegan and you're interested in how animals can improve the environment 
and are actually beneficial to the environment, you should follow our farm Instagram yes. account. Which I'll is drop that at, too. I'll drop that yeah, in. Yeah. in the yeah. Lakers. Yeah, yeah, I'll put them both in. Yeah, well, I follow that. See you guys yeah. coming up there with all your little, you know, dances with the chickens and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we dive in deep there about how animals actually are good for the environment. They're not hurting the environment when they're managed properly. So. And if you live in the US, you can buy some stuff from their farm too. Yes. Obviously, you're not going to be shipping that stuff to Australia. It's probably eggs aren't going to be making it. No, but when you and Craig come, we'll have yeah. the goat feta cheese It'll and then you will get Hosanna's milk straight into your mouth. <laughs> yeah. You'll yeah. let me milk, milk air. Have a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, very good. I just want to have a have a go. Oh, well, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for coming on. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have you on again soon. Yes, we would love to. Yeah. Thanks, Kitty. Thanks, Thanks Kitty.